I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome to the Midweek Footsie, everyone. This is the show where we take one of your questions and give you our thoughts on it, or at least we usually do. Uh, We've had a couple of them lately where we've been wandering away from taking people's questions because either we've run out of time on our main show or there's been something that we really, really wanted to talk about. But this week, we're getting back on the case with some of these questions that you've been sending in via, in this case, the Discord. So Discord user Sean12, a really interesting guy, by the way. You should have a chat with him if you uh, happen to see him around there. Uh, suggested maybe we should have an episode that's advice to our younger self with a question mark at the end. So it counts as a question and we are taking one of your questions. So advice to our younger selves. We were talking about this just off air beforehand. Uh, I guess there's so much we would tell our younger selves. But uh, Steve, would you like to kick us off on this one? Yeah, so um, basically when I started looking um, into the stock market, just shortly after the financial crisis, there were so many opportunities. Um, There's like I remember sitting down with my dad. My dad's a very sort of fuddy-duddy, FTSE 100 investor. I think his biggest position is like Royal Southern Alliance or whatever that's become. Um, so, and I remember him saying, look at all of these. These are the best banks in the world. And, and prior to 2008, banks were like tech stocks. They used to trade at like really high, pretty high multiples. I mean, if you can get a chart that goes back far enough, that you'll shock yourself to see just at some of the prices that some of these um, banks uh, trade at. And even after you know fourteen years of stability, uh, nobody's nobody seems to trust these banks enough to give them anywhere near the kind of uh, multiple. So you can imagine what we were looking at. We were thinking banks were just not going to go bust. Um, we just couldn't foresee a situation that was doing it. Um, at the time, it was Gordon Brown was the prime minister, and he was making all the right noises about uh, monetary support for uh, for the banks. So we were pretty confident that none of them were going to go bust. We didn't think that. Uh, the government would be particularly interested in nationalising them and uh, we was like right we're going to buy ourselves some some banks and we, I mean we bought a little bit but we put nowhere near the amount of money that we should have we, we should have put into it so that that my first key advice would be uh, is to just get involved it doesn't matter if you don't you don't put all of your money in but rather than waiting on the sidelines uh, thinking about it too much uh, one of the best ways I found myself for learning is to get involved and then when you come across something you don't know is to go and find out what it means. Um, so yeah, my first, if I could go back to 2008 and, and talk to myself, the very first thing I would say to yourself is stop messing around uh, and get involved. <laughs> How about you, Steve? I think I would probably say something similar. I think in my case... Back in 2008, I was sort of thinking about financial markets. I They caught my eye around the time that things were really going wrong in financial markets, for what it's worth, because they hit the headlines. And I had this idea that I'd sort of like to be an investment banker, but I also knew deep down that I didn't really have certainly the maths to drive this kind of thing uh, along. I'm not that good with numbers. It's something I've worked hard to try and improve at. But um, I was looking at these things and seeing on a practice account that I was looking at, or practice trading account that I was looking at, looking at these RBS shares coming down all the way and thinking, 
the government's not going to let RBS fail. I'm sure the government's not going to let RBS fail. Perhaps slightly the kind of arrogance that comes with not knowing what you don't know about these sorts of things, but thinking, there's got to be a buyer here. And if I'd gone for it and actually found a way to kind of get to the markets uh, and get some shares bought, I, I would have done absolutely great on them. I happened to see that this was a really good time uh, to be buying those. But I think my advice to my younger self would mainly be save hard, make sure you hang on to your damn money uh, for the time being. I would probably tell me to be a little bit selective about where I was sticking stuff. So my early investing days were mainly carpet bombing things on Crowdcube uh, with nearly no, well, not nearly no, absolutely no sense of doing any DD about them, but by mm. being like, oh, this thing has recycling in the name, or this thing has green in the name, mm. or this thing has uh, something I in its name. Uh, th these sound futuristic and interesting, and if it's a great company, I kind of had this loose idea in my head of, I need to put a little bit in to, to do well with these companies, if they're as good as I think they are. Maybe this will make me rich with like a tenner or something. But I wasted several rounds of a tenner uh, by sticking things into these kind of companies. So I think saving hard and making sure I hang on to my money because starting early is good would be the right thing to do. Uh, I wonder whether I probably ought to have told my younger self to maybe stay off the kind of speculative stuff that you haven't done anything at all about. I know mm. you've got a thought that's related to this one, though. Yeah, so mine is ever so slightly, well, it's not a polar opposite, but I, I definitely agree with you. But um one of the things i would have told my younger self is to trust my gut a little bit more especially with things that i tried and tested myself so i was a really early user of monza uh the minute that i could um get a cast switch over to them i i switched my account over i thought they were fantastic i remember the looks on my um my, my boss's face when I was trying to explain to them that he now needed to pay money into this uh, bank where its sort code was so unknown it was coming up as um uh, Santander I think it was or something like that that previous <laughs> pre no it was uh, whatever Santander bought the British bank that Santander bought it's Alliance and Leicester I can't remember it was coming up as a really old sort code and he was like you with Alliance and Leicester I was like no, it's it's Monzo, but it obviously got to such a point where they were recycling all the sort codes. Um, but yeah, I could see from straight on that Monzo was uh, was going to be great. And I think even though it's we just checked, it's been about five five years uh, with no liquidity. Um, if I would have put a lot more of my money into Monzo, I think in the future that would have turned out to be a great investment. But I've got the same problem with Chip. I didn't put enough money in Chip, and that's gone up way way more uh, free trade i didn't put enough money into free trade and that turned out to be a very good investment which i've now exited um so yeah there was a lot of apps that i was testing i thought were brilliant i had first-hand knowledge of them and i didn't trust my gut to put enough money into them it's funny how we both started with crowdcube it, it's strange how that's like that's that's like crack to um <laughs> to fledgling investors um but yeah um my first serious investment was where I'd actually done DD and actually tried it was, was Monzo and uh, I do wish that I'd tested it and trusted myself just a little bit more. I think part of my regret around Crowdcube comes from um, the fact that at the time I was buying into it, there was certainly less availability or visibility amongst kind of investing apps for the stock market. I would have much preferred to have owned stuff like P&G uh, or probably Ford or something like that back then. But I wasn't aware. I, I want to say free trade wasn't such a thing back then. It might have been. It might have been that I was just not aware of it in the same way. But I was really thinking, yeah, I'd like to be invested in some stuff. 
but that seemed like the kind of only way for someone like me to get kind of any sort of sensible exposure to this sort of thing, short of like ringing up a broker or something of that mm. sort. So it felt like a way of getting exposed to stuff. It felt to me, though, like I was getting kind of, well, it felt like second-rate opportunities. It, probably better to say highly speculative opportunities. And there are some good ones on CrowdCube for sure. But your thought there is that where you had first-hand experience of something, yeah, you should have gone for it in a certain way. I was going for stuff called recycling technologies that claim to have a machine that turns plastic into some sort of recyclable thing. Still got those shares because illiquidity haven't sold them. And I believe they're going to IPO soon. So I maybe hmm. have to find my way out again. But um, that's I was being quite tentative with those. I think partly because I knew I hadn't really looked at these things and thought, yeah, sounds kind of great, right? I mean, recycling, recycling's important. I'm going to go kind of e everything uh more or less so yeah that's an interesting kind of way that i got into sort of crowdcube and then when kind of actual investing apps came around i wanted nothing more than to pull my money out of these things and put them into um well kind of the blue chip stuff that would form the base of my portfolio eventually hmm. abbey national that was the salt code it's come to me now ah yeah abbey national yeah okay um so moving on, I guess my advice to my younger self would be a straightforward one, which was to buy Amazon and Google. I was using them to death back in the day. I remember um, there was uh, two two places where I used to get my computer games from. It was Play.com and Amazon.com. I don't know if you remember that. Play.com, I think, got bought by uh, Rakuten or yeah, the Rakuten Group, uh, a Japanese uh, um, trading house sort of style company. Um, but yeah, I remember being... And I was, and and you, you could go onto Amazon and you could search it, and there was absolutely everything there. And at that point, I could just see that Amazon was going to be this fantastic business. And do you know how many shares of Amazon I bought, Steve? Uh, probably none. No, it, it was none. It was none again. Yeah. And this is, I guess, this harks back to trusting my gut. But um, I could quite easily see that there was businesses I was using that were fantastic businesses, and I, I just didn't buy them. Um, so yeah, my advice to my younger self would be to. Buy Amazon and Google. My kind of advice to my younger self, and we can all kind of look back right across the stock market chart and think, well, that thing turned out to go up loads and loads and loads. Uh, therefore, my advice to my younger self would be buy it and hold it or something. And I guess if we're looking for the things that have put the most up, it would be some sort of small cap biotech thing, right? But uh, trivially, I guess we would advise ourselves to, yes, go and buy these sorts of things and wait three years while they develop this cure for whatever and shoot off to the moon. Hmm. But um, your Amazon and Google sort Thought, sort of the Buffett thoughts there, right? I mean, Buffett talks about thinking, well, look, Google, I, he holds himself responsible for missing in a certain way because he could see it. He knew he was using Google, could see what the kind of power of that was, uh, could see it was costing them nearly nothing to advertise and they were just making incremental money all over the place. So that was one that was achievable for him. I guess one that I think probably ought to have been achievable for me, going back to the RBS thing for the time being, I feel like I ought to have found a way to get money into that basically. And I've talked on this show a few times about how I kind of see the the generation above as kind of, uh, I inherited their sort of views on the stock market, which were, it's this thing where you put money in and it crashes all the time and then mm. you lose all your money. Um, and you're much safer keeping it in your ISA or some sort of savings account, even though rates are on their way down around that time. Uh, they weren't as low as they are now, but they had historically been a lot higher. And I get why they thought that, uh, and I get that uh, there was a, certainly a time when keeping your money in cash was a perfectly sensible idea. You were getting 10% on mm. cash. That's 
if you measure yourself in absolute terms and you're fine with a 10% return, then cash is the thing to do in that situation. And I have no complaints about that. But I do think that younger me should have got around that idea and thought, well, hang on, is it really that way? Um, Hmm. Is there more to this stock market thing than just... Uh, when everyone puts their money in it and then it crashes or goes up and down and then they all go on the floor and everyone loses all their money. I kind of ought to have seen better than that, I think. So advice to younger me would be to be a bit more inquisitive uh, here. Find out why people have these kind of views and work out where the kind of contours of them rather than just inheriting these views and being like, well, that's clearly how that works one way or another. I still see, you know, some of my kind of friends, family members have that view still and I I kind of would love them to just be a bit more inquisitive and at least just get things right and then decide for themselves uh, what they want to do. But, uh, so yeah, my advice to myself there is to try and be a bit more inquisitive, I think. And that would help me to find a way to get money into RBS. Because even if I had to pick up a fee to do it, I'd still be making mad money. And, well, I'd be sat on some Caribbean island somewhere living off a dividend. And I think that's the case, isn't it? I think um, investing is so much more accessible now. Um, hmm. Whereas before, you were messing around, sending letters back and forth. And you were... Uh, I remember when um, Hargreaves Lansdowne uh, did the desktop website and that was like oh my god this is groundbreaking i don't have to rank somebody to to mm. do things and, and just it's crazy to think how far we've moved since then to a uh, trading two and two which is essentially all app based um so yeah i think it's a lot more accessible i guess that's probably what will drive the next generation of investors to become investors is that you know they, they can get on with minimal amounts of fuss and uh yeah, and get investing in the things that they want to buy. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. So I guess my next bit of advice to myself would have been just to read more. Um, I read a lot growing up, um, but in my early 20s and going through university, I, for whatever reason, when I was at university, I read a lot less um, than I used to. And um, I guess my advice would have been to my younger self would be i think i stopped reading as much because i wasn't as interested in the subjects that i took especially at university um i should have thought a lot longer and harder about uh what i wanted to do when i left university rather than just where are the jobs at the moment so when i went to university it was just off the back of the um financial crisis i left my job because i foresaw uh, a period of very very poor uh, amounts of work uh, and it, it, it happened by the way the building trade almost collapsed um, and I thought this is the best time for me to go go away and retrain and and, uh, and learn something new and I picked a subject that I thought I'd be interested in which was marketing PR and advertising and it turns out the vast majority of that is very very boring and dull and <laughs> um, and it's just as much sales as as anything else you spend a lot of time on the phone with people pretending to build relationships with people and all you're trying to do is squeeze them for the next sale or find a way to get them in the sales funnel for somebody else to squeeze them for the next sale so my advice to my uh, my past self would have been to just have a really hard think about what it is that you want to do and if you don't know what you want to do that's okay too spend some time trying to find out I think that's a good thought to have. I mean, mine is also kind of connected to that. Uh, My final thought here would be figure things out for yourself uh, to kind of younger me. I mean, this plays itself out now where I feel like I've made a bit more progress on that than I had when I was younger. 
but especially when you start investing, here's one way to think about it, right? There's loads of different YouTubers, uh, including us, the three of us that are usually here, all have various differing opinions and so on. And we'll find ways of investing that make sense to us. They may or may not be the best. Um, I'm not claiming that mine is, I don't think, but it is the one that makes the most sense to me, the one that I understand and the one that is genuinely authentic to how I think about investing and markets and so on and so forth. If I try to invest like Paul, um, I will end up buying things that I don't really feel fit for me. Uh, and he'll be the same if he tries to do this for uh, stuff I buy or something. If he follows me into a stock because he thinks, well, look, Steve's done a load of research on it or something, uh, he will get fed up with it. Uh, it won't fit with his stuff and he'll get rid of it and he will buy and sell them at the wrong time. There's loads of different YouTubers with loads of different ways of thinking about things. And sometimes, and I'm trying to get better at this, they will overstep and start telling you my way is the only way of investing or my way is the absolute best way of investing that everybody should follow. I think uh, it may well be right for them because it's how they genuinely think and feel about stuff. And even if they mm. really do believe that they've got the way of investing and everyone else is just not hearing the words of their favorite guru. Uh, and that's a kind of slightly pejorative term. I mean, successful investors like Buffett or Kathy Wood or whoever their favorite kind of person is. Um, even if they think everyone else is really not hearing the kind of gospel according to these guys, if it makes sense to them, that's one thing. If it makes sense to you, it's another. So I would encourage earlier me to sit down, think about things a little bit, work out what works both in life and in uh, investing in terms of just fitting with my kind of more general worldview. Find a view that I like. And then once I've got that set, I can then start kind of building around that idea. And that's where I would kind of advise younger me to uh, get started on things. Do you have any more thoughts, Steve? Um, really, my my only last point would have been just to be better. Um, so when I was in, <laughs> when I was in my twenties, uh, I was living um, paycheck to paycheck almost. Uh, I wasn't saving enough. Uh, I didn't have a budget. I was wildly spending on what I would essentially say is is crap, and uh, and and that's all fine. When when you're young, you should do you know you should do the things that make you happy. I definitely think that. I think you should go and experience, um, go travel, do all of those things. Uh, but I was doing that, and then I was wasting the rest of it on on all sorts of all sorts of things. I went on a little period in my twenties of wanting to collect all the different Malbec wines that there was. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like why does that happen? Um, <laughs> So yeah, and, and, do you know what happened with them? I ended up drinking them all after making I, a big, that... yeah after making a big collection. I used to drink them all while playing computer games. So yeah, I my mean, advice to my younger self would be to not do that. Be better. You didn't give me time to guess, but that would have absolutely been my guess as to what happened to all these Malbec wines. Yeah, uh, either that or you randomly gave them away and they went the way of your Pokemon cards or something like that. What What's brilliant about having a collection of Malbecs is when somebody says uh, it's your mum's birthday, are you coming round? You'd be like, Yeah, I've got her a present. I'll just go and fish the <laughs> fish one out of the Malbec cupboard. <laughs> but yeah, that is my advice to myself: would be just just to. Just to be better, have a have a budget. By, by you know, by all means, collect things. If you if there's something that you you're really interested in, and there's something you really want to do, or there's a place you really want to visit, you should do all of those things. Um, but you should just just try and control yourself a little bit more. Sean Twelve, I hope that answers your question. Uh, as advice we would give our younger selves, I feel like we stuck to our task reasonably well this time, just because Paul's not here mainly. I also feel like we've learned some interesting things here about Steve and his collection of Malbecs. It's going to run and run, and when Paul gets back on the show, he's not going to understand where that's come from. But 
um thank you all very much for listening please do keep leaving us your questions we love reading them we love thinking about them and we're planning on getting onto a lot more in the very near future but that's all for this episode thanks for listening bye for now